Hi, I'm Erica. And I'm Kim. And, and welcome, welcome to, to A Whole Nother level. level. Welcome back to A Whole Nother Level. I'm Kim, and we are continuing our talk about finances today. We were originally talking about um, how someone would feel if their spouse made more money than them. And now we have a couple of couples on today to kind of talk about how they deal with finances and um, give some insights. So does our first couple want to introduce themselves? Sure. I'm Reginald. This is my wife. Anita. Our other couple is our beautiful and brilliant host, <laughs> Kim and her husband. Um, Nick. Hey, Nick. Uh, hey, Kim. Hey, Danita. Hey, Reginald. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, so yeah, like Kim said, we started down this path because I was just wondering what did you feel like if your spouse made more to you? Because as a single person, I I'm very interested in the dynamics of like how couples manage their money. Um, it seems like no one couple I've spoken to has done it the same way. And so that's kind of where we want to start this conversation. Um, so let's first start um, before you got married, um, Reginald and Danita. Um, what were your financial backgrounds before then? Like, how did you grow up? What, what things did you know about finances before you got into the marriage? My, my mom is... Um... Uh, very financially savvy. Uh, so in my household growing up, it was always anything that had to do with finances, whether it was lunch money, whether it was paying the bills, my mom did it all. Um, my dad went to work and my mom took care of <laughs> all the rest of the stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so still to this day, like my mom, um, again, who's financially savvy, does my taxes. Um, oh, she, nice. <laughs> yeah, she's, so she, she takes care of that for, for the family. Nice. Um, she busy this time of the year. <laughs> she is. If you if you call a little earlier, you might have been in, in the cycle. <laughs> All right. Cool. Um, anything else you want to share on that? Or yeah. So, and I was gonna keep this one a secret, but I <laughs> I'll give you a little inside baseball. So before I got married, um, I was kind of the youngest of the crew. Mm -hmm. Um, so I moved to DC and I was hanging out with my brother and his friends who made a whole lot more money than me. Mm -hmm. uh, and so when I was hanging out with them, uh, I was trying to spend money the, the way that they uh, spent it. Mm, uh, yes. So I got in a whole <laughs> bunch of credit card debt and, uh. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, and didn't really understand finances. To me, finances was just a, a thing that you needed to do stuff. And so I was doing a whole lot more than my finances. You were doing more stuff yeah. than money. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, Danita? So for me, I didn't really have any guidance for mm -hmm. finance. Um, I've always been financially savvy for myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I grew up in a single, my mom was a single mom. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it was just watching her because okay. she held it down. Mm -hmm. Like we didn't see any struggle, any nothing. Like, wow. no. That's so fantastic. She, yeah, and she was in human resources. Um, so we never felt like we didn't have, we never felt like we never saw her, you know, in distress or anything like that, stress about finances. Um, so I think for me, it was just seeing that, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. her being a single mom. And then I've always been 
financially cautious, okay. very disciplined. Yeah. Um, if I want something, I know what I need to do to mm-hmm. get it. And I do my discipline from there. So oh, that's, that's interesting. It sounds like you're both night and day. You're the the opposite of Kim. <laughs> like we're seeing yeah. that right, right from the beginning. So, um, Kim, um, we did get a little bit of insight on your background already, but if you want to remind everybody a little bit of your background. So I came from a household where my dad was the one who was an accountant before kind of things. And he handled a lot of the finances and he made sure that I knew a lot about saving and um, how to handle things, how to balance a checkbook, all those things. He kind of taught me um, as things went along, kind of mentioned things about like, retirements and things like that but they came from a very like conservative background so it's not like they were out there spending a lot or investing in what they thought would be like risky things but I learned a lot about how to like handle my finances from my parents and watching them do that okay and Nick uh I grew up uh, kind of like uh like on the lower middle class and it was kind of a combination um, from mm-hmm mom and and dad I guess from me I'd, I'd learn more probably what I shouldn't do from them because I know a lot of mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. things that from childhood I remember like arguments over credit card bills and those kind of things so I had like a, a bad sense of credit when I started being able to get it and was real cautious about that mm-hmm. and I learned more about how to make money rather than to manage money so I knew like Ooh. if you worked hard you can you can get a paycheck but not really how to invest that paycheck so kind mm-hmm. of more learning just how to live month to month and you know mm-hmm. making sure something was there to cover the next month rather than looking forward to the future and you know what 401ks look like and all that other kind of stuff so uh, okay. I think the most I had was maybe one class in high school uh, my senior year in high school but that's it you had a class in high school. Hell yeah, Did luckily, everybody yeah. have classes? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what I was wearing. It was an elective, like, oh, okay, nap time. Oh, okay. I will well, say uh, on that note, though, I never had one. She never had one. But our son, um, when he was in middle school or maybe the first, I think it was in middle school, they went to um, Capital One and no I shout out to them. They have a finance <laughs> park in Fairfax County where all the middle schools uh, take a field trip to this finance park and they give them, you know, an iPad and it gives them their job. And then they have to go through and pay all of their bills. Um, oh, like that Cos- the first Cosby. episode of the Cosby's. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's top notch. And so, it, it actually has storefronts. So it's really cool. Um, yeah, so we're going to go do that with my uh, sixth grader on Tuesday. So they have like, what's called junior achievements. And so they're going to what's called biz town where it's a whole town. There's a mayor, there's a job that she has to do. They get their paycheck. They got to write out their checkbook. Then they have to spend the money and all kinds of stuff. So um, I'm excited to see how this goes. That is absolutely amazing. I I do think that a lot of children today are starting to learn about finances earlier because I saw like a theme 
between a lot of you already where it's like you were taught one part or a certain level and it never really crossed the threshold of investing. Before we get into the investing, because that's something I do want to get into. Um, so now you now we've established what your backgrounds are and how they have very amongst you now you have to you're you're married now and now you have to marry your lives together and now you have this you know you have opposites on in the same group and and so it's like how do you have those conversations how did you get to what I'm assuming you're at now which is a, a better place than where you started so um Nick and Kim let's you can start us off on like what ways are you using your um your finances how are you managing things now i think when you go into relationships you got to know like finances is one of the big reasons that relationships don't work or fall apart in the end you know so um coming to a early understanding there can set you up for success long term with your relationship um and then you know then you know if you guys are on the same page because as we all know there's not one way to do it and everything can look different so if you are going to take this journey, you want to make sure you have a partner that's on the same page with you. I think the first revelations I remember seeing is just where we might have been different, where I thought we were on the same page was during like our marriage counseling and stuff like that. And so I think having that uh, objective third party that kind of brings things that both of you, you know, that's outside, that'll throw something that both of you guys didn't even notice or was off your radar is really important. And so either a financial advisor or a marriage counselor or you know something like that to keep people on the same page because you know with finances too it can get personal and you know I also see where that is uh where it can take a downturn for a lot of people you know for tying money to emotions and all that kind of stuff so did you know early on that you should have a third party involved or how did and how if not how did you know to bring in a third party so we did premarital counseling, and that's where um, the pastor that we met with talked to us about having um, a bank account, how to share money that we needed to like meet at least once a month to talk about, like not just those things, but um, like other things that may be bothering us in our marriage and try mm -hmm. to do it in a non-judgmental uh, feeling neutral way <laughs> to not bring like everything in there and in, in a bad sense so that's where we first kind of started talking about things and then we decided to take like a money class pretty early on in our relationship in our marriage um that kind of helped us to frame how we think about as a couple how we do it we may not do everything that was in that class but it helped us to kind of set up some boundaries around how we use our money. Yeah, I think once you do that, you can develop some like ground rules or some principles, and then you can apply those to the financial problems that will come your way in your relationship. Reginald and Danita, do you have the same experience? So for us, we did premarital count in that it just wasn't for us. So we went <laughs> to a different one. But before that, it was me trying to, it was like pulling teeth, trying to get him to relinquish the financial responsibility to me. Um, and I don't know if it was because he didn't want me to see, you know, the damage or whatever, but um, 
once he did, we were in a better place. And I think that was a maybe a trust issue. Once he saw the effect from me handling the finances, he was like, okay, you got it. Let me upgrade yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was really hesitant. <laughs> Unknowingly, it, talking about finances brings couples either closer together or as you mentioned, Nick, further apart, because if you can't come to some type of leveling, some type of understanding there, that's a foundational brick for mm-hmm. a marriage, um, especially trust, having that trust, like you said. Um, Reginald, did you have anything um, to add? Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, no, it was, I mean, it was a trust issue, but it was more for me. Um, one, it was embarrassing because I was in, like I said, a whole lot of credit card debt. Um, so I didn't really want her to know how much credit card debt I was in. Um, but then two, it was how do you, like, even though we're both traditional, how do you go to work and then bring home all the bacon and don't know where the bacon is going, right? Like for me, like wrapping my head around that, um, was just was, was really hard yeah. internally. Like it had nothing to do with trusting her. It had everything to do with kind of trusting myself that now I don't have control of something that I've had control over my whole adult life. Right. Okay. Um, so I had to kind of let that control go. And then once we did it, I mean, for me, it was like, so build day was like a, a day where I paid all my bills and tried to pay all my bills and some I didn't pay and I would be pouting because I was broke. So, so I wouldn't even want to talk to nobody on those days, right? Um, so letting that burden, sharing that burden, um, it, it took a load off my shoulders that I never even would have thought about um, until it actually happened. So that kind of feeds into the next question on like, how has your financial journey with your spouse changed throughout the years? And how has it changed the relationship throughout the years? We got a little bit from you already, Reginald and Danita. Um, do you want to expand on that? Um, it's changed, um, I would say drastically. We have gotten to, into a groove. We um we have a plan, we have goals, like we, we're on the same page with what we're trying to do. And um, I think we're in a, in a, a, a much better place than we were. And maybe we should have started this off. How long have you been married? Maybe six years this year. <laughs> what about you, Nick and Kim? Um, we'll be 15, 15 years this year. I know. Oh, what? Seven years this year. It'll also be six because it's six right now. You said it with so much confidence. Six years this year. <laughs> <laughs> Loud and wrong. Oh, that's so funny. Okay. So, um, Reginald, do you have anything to add about how you're. The big thing for us, one, I mean, we make a lot more money than we did when we started, and uh, we're out of credit card debt. Um, Congratulations! So that was yeah, that was a that was a big relief. Um, and then it's just easier to have the conversations. Mm-hmm. We have conversations about it all the time. Um, every now and then, there's something that we might not agree on, but it doesn't. It's not. It definitely doesn't come to to the arguments that it once did. Right? Like, even if we disagree now, it's kind of like, oh, we disagree, but maybe we'll do both, or maybe we'll compromise. Like it's just a whole lot easier. 
how long do you think took before you're you're like at this normalcy? It's been a while. I think it took three years for us to get in a better financial place. And we've just been very disciplined, very responsible from since then. And we've been able to accomplish more things. Um, the goals that we set back then, um, we've been able to accomplish. Nick and Kim, going back to the original question of like, how has your relationship and how has your finances changed throughout the years? I, I, I think with us starting what, way back in uh, 2001 or so, and, and just dating and, and having nothing but dreams and library cards to, you know, emerging accounts and to living alone and financing and all that stuff. Uh, it's um, it's just been a, a, a building a trust, really, you know, because as a kids and stuff, we grew up kind of like guarded, like I'm trying to guard my finances against gold diggers and all that kind of stuff. And so, he kind of for his um, library card, <laughs> right? <For his> library <laughs> card. So you know, what little I was going to get, I was, uh, you know, I wanted for myself. But we started this together, kind of maturing into this. So we always kind of been on the same page as one, and um, you know, and that meant taking on all my school debt and all that kind of stuff when she didn't have it, and her showing me how committed she was to me by helping me get rid of that debt together and, and, you know, me showing my commitment to her in the future by showing, you know, we're sticking together. We're going to keep on building, planning and dreaming about getting out of debt to that day we got out of debt. And then, you know, looking forward to the future and being able to stack stuff. It's just been fun adventure that I think has grown us closer together, if anything, and shown us that, you know, we work together, we can build a lot taller than just one of us trying to stack something up by ourselves. You know? I mean, you over here preaching. Okay. <laughs> Kim, is there anything yeah. else you want to say? So, no, I think that um, sums up most of it. Like he said, we've kind of gone from the time when we didn't have no cable. We was watching PBS all the time. No, oh nothing. God. Reading yeah. to like all being kinds of education. Library <laughs> <laughs> cards and PBS. All the reason PBS went out of business. Right. <laughs> <laughs> to being able to do that. And like you said, it's easier when you make a bigger paycheck, right? Yeah. To manage, especially when you already have those like foundational things in place to do that. So um, we've gone from that. And then we got to a point, honestly, where I think we had to like take a step back and say, okay, we've hit all these goals. Now we need to make some new goals. Yeah, we can't just flounder. And I think we did that for a little while. We were busy all those things. And we just kind of thought we had things on autopilot, but it wasn't really making any traction. And then we had to like come back and figure out, okay, what's our new goals? What are we striving for? And how do we get there? I think our biggest things now are like, of course, you know, financial challenges will be getting the kids through school. You know, that's a big one on the horizon, but then, you know, taking care of our two mothers now, we're both widowed, you know, and, and, I know that's if we did have financial conflicts, it's sometimes like you're going to do that for her or, you know, those kind of things that might, um, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's real things that a relationship you got to deal with, you know, and so being able to talk about it and again, not tying that emotion to money and stuff like that and as, as a key way to handle those challenges, because there is no one way that you're going to forego or miss any of those things. So you need more of a strategy to respond to them, you know as a couple and remembering even if you 
are both on the same page that you got to check in before you make like decisions. Because sometimes I think that happens that you have that available, you know, your spouse will say yes, but you kind of make that decision. And sometimes just remembering to include your spouse and say, hey, we're going to do this. You good with that? Even though you know they're going to say yes, just asking kind of makes you feel like you're a team. There's two things that you said that I kind of want to touch on. And this is the thing that really interests me is like how you're actually managing your money. So with being a single person, I could buy whatever I want, whenever I want. I could do whatever I want with my money. I ain't got to ask nobody. <laughs> <laughs> I make a dumb decision. That's my problem. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's where it's like, I wonder how you're managing your money in a sense that like, I, I've, talk to couples that they throw everything in the same pot and it's our money and we're just, you know, pulling as needed. But then there's the other one where we have a pot and then we have our own separate accounts. But then there's just like, I got my account, you got your account. And so these different ways of doing it, again, no right and wrong way. I don't have, I I think that there's benefits and consequences to them all. What if, like, how do you have that? I can get this money whenever I want, or I can buy you a gift without you seeing it on a credit card or whatever it is. Like, how do you do things like that? The way that you're, you know, handling your money now. So we'll start with Reginald and Danita. We have a joint account and then we both have our separate. He has money going in there. I have money going in mine. And it's for stuff that we don't want to use our, our money, you know, for. Like if I'm going, if I want this t-shirt or this shoe, these shoes, I use my personal account, but I don't want to use our money. And he'll, if he's going out to eat with his uh, his friends or whatever, he'll use, you know, that. Um, but then we, you know, we go do stuff together. We use our joint account, but we do have our, you know, our separate, just for that reason. Okay. And that makes sense. Um, Nick and Kim, do you have a similar situation? Uh, yeah, we definitely, we do the joint account. Um we tend to do like fun money where we would take out cash and give it to each other for the weekend to do the or like per month. Yeah. Um, you know, in terms of the gifts and that kind of stuff, uh, there's no surprises anymore. So it's, it's more the thought that <laughs> counts, you know, and, uh, and so it's all good with that. And, you know, in terms of, you know, that thought of, I want to go get it. You know, the first thing that comes to my mind before those things are my, my three little, little people first. So it is yeah. hard to, to put that first now as a parent, you know, mm-hmm. and I think that stems from me growing up too. You know, I, I grew up feeling what being in debt felt like. So I'm always real cautious of, of, of that. And always I'd rather the freedom of being financially free than, than ever getting back there again. And that's kind of more of how I look at money now too, is it's a method. It's a new way of, of gaining freedom. Anything you want to add, Kim? No. <laughs> that's what we oh. do. <laughs> So something else that you um, mentioned, Kim, were your financial goals. And so I know that I have goals. Sometimes they're like, they're, they're a little bit more lenient than others, but I know how it is when you have your own individual financial goals. Mm-hmm. It'll be something like, I want to make a hundred thousand dollars. I want to be a millionaire, whatever it is. Right. But as a a unit, how do you come up with those financial goals? And then when you meet them, do you decide on the next goal? So I think we just like have a meeting. We get Mm. together over lunch, dinner, something like that, and kind of explore what each of us individually think 
our goals and then try to decide what things that we need to do together, what things can be our individual goals, like, you know, New Year's type things. We'll do like just like all goals, financial Mm -hmm. and otherwise, and then um, decide which ones are the ones that we're going to kind of pursue. Like I said, the one time I think one of our goals we hit it and we hadn't realized until we sat down and like crunched the numbers and everything. And I was like, Oh, need to make a new goal. We hit that one. Yay. Sometimes how we go about it changes. Like one of us will be looking and think about it and say, Hey, we've been doing this as far as like the mortgage. What do you think about if we change up and do this much each month or add this onto the mortgage? And then you say, okay, sounds like a plan or, Oh no, we still got, daycare to pay for so let's see how that pans out first or something like that so that's kind of like how we do it yeah I think it all stems from the budget you know that's something where objectively you can look at and see you know we're talking about finance so it is math and math really can only be added up one way so yes. you know get somebody <laughs> on the same page together first and then you know, once you see that, now you can start tinkering. What if I take away from here and put it there and see what you're building on? And and I think what the meetings give us is that it's written down now. So, you know, a year is a long time and you can waver off course. But when we see that, oh, this is where we were trying to go. Let's keep on marching towards there and, and making those moves that get us towards that. That's a great idea. Did the meetings naturally occur or did they? Oh, no. Was it like, <laughs> we need a meeting? <laughs> No, I mean, we made that a priority. And that's something like, that's how we realized we didn't meet our goals. Like we both got busy finding that time to like meet and go over things, um, got a little lapse. And then we came back to like, oh, we need to have these meetings again. And it was also, like I said, something that was like recommended by our premarital counselor and then also when we took that class it was like yeah go over your budget and we probably not probably we don't have it as often as we did before but we still try to make sure that we check in in maybe a shorter capacity because it used to be a long meeting yeah like literally we'd be line up by line okay you spent this much on this we spent this much on that okay, what are we going to do next month? So we had to kind of cut it a little bit shorter. Um, and like, I think that's something like anybody, you need to have a meeting with yourself and check in on your budget I um, <laughs> every now and again. When we were in debt, it was more out of necessity, you know, trying mm-hmm. to get out and survive. And when we started slacking is when we got lackadaisical, we were out of debt now and it was less, but that's when you can waste a lot of time. So that's where it's, remembering that it's an ongoing thing and it is something you got to, you know, keep pay attention to, you know, you don't got to obsess about it, but you got to check in on it. Okay. Um, so going back to the original question, um, Re- Reginald and Danita, how do you determine what your financial goals are? Kind of depends. We know what we have. And then of course we have our own individual interests. So we kind of see how we can set goals for those. Um, and our big you know, our interest together is the priority. And then our, you know, we can do those personal ones. Um, then we'll, you know, tackle that at a later time. So yeah. we used to have meetings as well. Now it's very natural for us to have a meeting. Like he'll be mm-hmm. in class and he'll call me and be like, hey, 
you paid this? I'm like, yeah, I paid this. Right? Yeah. Okay, well, we'll talk about it when we get home. And he gets here and we're just in a meeting. Okay. And they, you know, they're not even long. <laughs> 10, 10, 15 minutes, you know. We just yeah, but it's still, it. let's come together and figure this right. out as a unit, as opposed to having your own thing and not understanding all the intricacies of what actually happened. So that makes sense. It, it does. Shout out to black owned products <laughs> that we don't need to invest all of our money in. <laughs> hey listeners. So we had a time with our guests this week and ended up talking for a minute. So we're going to wrap up this episode of a whole nother level. Join us next week as we continue to discuss investing with our guest Danita Reginald and Nick. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram at WNL underscore podcast. Until next time. Bye. Thank you listeners for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode of A Whole Nother Level, we invite you to join us on Instagram at WNL underscore podcast. Please rate and review us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Kim and Erica letting you know that you can always take your life to a whole nother level.